Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Friday, June 9. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Drop us a comment or a rating if you can. We always appreciate the support and the insight. All right, uh, we've been talking a lot this week about undrafted free agents and uh, which guys have the uh, the best chance of sticking around with the Giants on either the 53-man roster or the team's practice squad once the 2023 regular season begins. Had an opportunity to speak about uh, this topic to uh, Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan and CBS Sports earlier this week. Emery, of course, one of the most knowledgeable NFL draft analysts. There is a guy who studies... Uh, a number of players that almost no one else studies more than a thousand players listed in uh, in Hunt's 2023 NFL draft guide so a guy who's well versed in not only the top college football players but in uh, in college football players who uh, who most of us are not aware of so we spoke about uh, Alex Hunt of Washington a guy that uh, that Emory is very, very high on. We talked about Deontay Johnson, a linebacker from Toledo. Emory thinks has a chance. We talked about East Carolina tight end Ryan Jones, another player who Emory likes. And we also talked about Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receiver out of West Virginia, probably the best known of all of the Giants undrafted free agents, player who they paid the most money to, uh, as in terms of guarantees, they gave him 216000 guaranteed, which is basically a full year's practice squad salary, plus a $20,000 signing bonus. And we talked a lot about his chances of making the 53-man roster and why the Giants want to at least or likely want to at least keep him on the practice squad and try to develop him into a useful NFL player. Had a chance this week to learn a lot more about Bryce Ford Wheaton when I had a conversation with West Virginia head coach Noah Brown, who's worked with with Ford Wheaton uh, ever since taking over with the Mountaineers as head coach in 2019. Really fascinating interview with Coach Brown, and that'll be coming up a little bit later in the podcast. Wanted to hit a few Giants-related news and notes, though, before I play that interview for you. First note was that the Giants, due to the air quality, you know, caused by the uh, by the the wildfires up in Canada, uh, canceled their OTA practices for Thursday and Friday out of an abundance of caution. This really isn't a big deal in terms of of how it affects the Giants. These are OTA practices in shorts and t-shirts in June, practices that are voluntary. You're not going to push players out onto the field when they're not 100% sure that they're safe. And what we heard trickling out of the facility was that that some of the players felt like uh they weren't safe, you know, going out to practice that it wasn't the best uh, the best conditions. So better safe than sorry, not a big deal, doesn't really set the Giants back much at all. So really not something to worry about in terms of the the football impact of of missing those couple of uh, those couple of of really what amount to hour long workouts. 
wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, Minnesota Vikings pass rusher Daniil Hunter. There were reports this week that the Vikings who have traded linebacker Zadarius Smith and just recently released running back Dalvin Cook, there have been reports that, that many think that the Vikings are about to enter a teardown phase. They have a second-year general manager. They have a second-year head coach. So things are changing in Minnesota. Some folks think that that the Vikings might be headed toward revamping that roster, collecting draft picks, and uh, and starting over again. NFL Network reporting that that teams have been calling the Vikings about Hunter, a three-time Pro Bowl pass rusher, edge defender, who had 10 and a half sacks in the 2022 season. I wrote about Hunter at Big Blue View and about why he could be a fit for the Giants in terms of needing depth at the edge, in terms of what he could bring to the pass rush, in terms of the fact that that because of of the fact that his salary is not that great for the 2023 season that the Giants could likely find a way to fit him in under the salary cap, although they would have to do some things to make that work. But uh, also something to be aware of with Daniil Hunter is his long-term solid relationship with Giants defensive line coach Andre Patterson. It's a relationship that dates back to 2015, the pre-draft process when those two folks met and when Patterson told The Athletic that he was so impressed by Patterson when he met him in person that he bumped Pat that he bumped Hunter up from a 7th th- round grade on his grade sheet all the way up to a third round grade because Hunter impressed him so much as a player that he wanted to work with. And, you know, Patterson is a guy who had a great, great influence on Hunter's career. Hunter was a guy who was looked at as one of those talented yet underachieving players in college at LSU, a guy that really did not have a great impact or not nearly the impact that one might have expected from a guy with his physical tool set. Patterson is largely responsible for developing Hunter with the Minnesota Vikings and turning Hunter into a dominant three-time NFL pass rusher, a guy who has 71 sacks in what I believe is 102 or 103 NFL games three Pro Bowls, four double-digit sack seasons, a guy who can still play at a really high level. And from the Giants' perspective, the Giants use a 3-4 defense. Hunter spent most of his career in a 4-3, you know, playing as a traditional defensive end, but showed during the 2022 season that he can succeed as a stand-up edge defender. So, I'm curious to see if the Giants are one of the teams that might pick up the phone, call the Vikings, and see if they might be able to work out a trade for Hunter, who will be entering his his age 29 season in 2023, final year of a contract that he signed in 2018, might be... uh, 
depending on the price, this might be a great, you know, one year look at a guy, see if they think he's got enough left to, uh, to deserve an extension. So just something to, uh, to monitor to, to keep in mind. Also wanted to quickly mention a note about, uh, former Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. We picked up on a report earlier this week that Frazier might be talking to the Giants about coming on Wink Martindale's defensive staff, maybe as a consultant, as a senior assistant, something like that. There were a couple of other teams named as potential landing spots for Frazier. Turns out that uh, that those reports were were a little bit uh, premature, a little bit overzealous. Turns out that Frazier is touring some NFL um, camps, going to to OTAs with some uh, NFL teams, largely in places where where he knows the coaching staff, where he knows the front office really well, and that he's doing this with the blessing of the Buffalo Bills. Frazier is taking a year off from being the Bills' defensive coordinator. Taking you know what you might refer to as a sabbatical from football, apparently there were some parameters that Frazier and the Bills agreed to in terms of what he could and could not discuss, because there is still a possibility that Frazier could return to the Buffalo Bills in uh, 2024. Apparently, so just uh, just a note that it looks like Leslie Frazier and the Giants will not be. Uh, will not be getting together um, at, for the 2023 season. All right, let's, uh, let's get to the interview that I did with West Virginia coach Noah Brown about undrafted free agent wide receiver Bryce Ford Wheaton. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Giants fans, I'm joined now by West Virginia coach Neil Brown. And we're going to uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, undrafted free agent signed by the uh, by the Giants, a guy that uh, that a lot of people are, are intrigued by. So uh, we'll get right into that, Coach. Thank you very very much for a few minutes today. No problem. Glad to, glad to talk about Bryce. Uh, excited about him, and I think he landed in a really good spot for for not only himself but also for the Giants. So tell me a little bit, you know, just tell me a little bit about the kid, you know, not necessarily about football. Just tell me a little bit about what kind of kid he is. I mean, you had him for four years, right? Yes. Uh, Great family. Um, His family uh, has strong ties to West Virginia. His grandfather was a a great, great player here in West Virginia and then uh, being a trailblazer. Uh, Really... uh, um, in athletic administration here at West Virginia, his uncle played here as well. So uh, strong ties to the university. Uh, came here to West Virginia with a lot of expectations, and um, he had the size, um, but his skill 
wasn't wasn't where it needed to be. He, he's like a lot of big guys. Um, it, it took him a little while to kind of grow into his body. Um, and the thing that I think speaks to to him and, and kind of who he is is he improved each and every year he was here. You know, his best year by far was his last year. Um, he's a guy that I think is rare uh, coming out of a Power 5 program. I really think he has – there's a lot of growth still left in him. And I think the Giants see that, and I think they're excited about that as well. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, you know, before we get into him too much as as a player, what did it say to you or what does it say to you that he really wanted to continue that that family legacy at, at West Virginia? What does it say about about him as a kid? Well, I think he understands. You know, I think he is uh I think he's proud of uh, of what his grandfather did, you know. That's something when he was here, um I didn't I didn't try to to speak that up in the media or or necessarily with him because he already felt the the pressure of that. Um you know, his grandfather was a great player, but he also Trailblazer, I should have said this earlier, is um he was the first black um high level administrator in the athletic department here at West Virginia and very, very well thought of um across uh the entire campus and and so uh, I think it took a lot of courage for him to come here just because of of his family's name and he knew that there was gonna be expectations here. I think truthfully, he probably knew he wasn't ready um, as a as a young player uh, for those expectations. But he felt that West Virginia was the best place for him. And in the state here, it's unique because is we're really the state's university, and the state adopted him. I mean, he, he became a fan favorite, and um, it's a place that that he's always going to be able to come back to. And I think that he's highly intelligent, and I think that was part of his decision making too, because he. Because who his grandfather was and, and his uncle playing here and, and name recognition, I think he, he really felt like that this was a place that that he was always going to be welcomed back to after his playing career. Nice. And his grandfather was Garrett Ford, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, just just to put that uh, just to put that out there, put that on record, make sure people know who that was. So, you know, you said let's talk a little bit about about him as a player. You know, you said you talked about him growing into his body, uh, you know, being a guy that still has a lot of room for growth. Would you how would you summarize his his career, you know, with you guys? Well, he got better each and every year and he was forced into um, an integral role here as a redshirt freshman during our first year just because um, we had lost um, the year before I got here. They had lost almost an entire production uh, at the receiver position. He got forced into it as a redshirt freshman and probably before he was really physically ready to, to play at this level against the level of competition that we go against. Um, but if you look, he, his kind of breakout was he had a huge touchdown on the road and a win. Uh, Kansas State was nationally ranked in 2019 and he made a huge play on the game deciding touchdown. And then from then on, his confidence really increased. And he was able to come, and he got better each and every year. I think his football knowledge improved. Uh, his knowledge of playing receiver position improved. Um, you know, his ball skills got better. His ability um, to get in and out of his breaks um, drastically improved. And, and this year, I thought, 
would his his mo his highest level improvement came between his junior and his senior year and playing the deep ball. I thought that was something that that he really practiced. And you're getting a guy that's that's going to work. You know, you're not scared to work. Uh, he's very coachable. Uh, he's a quick learner. Um, and so I think all those things are, are going to bode well for him at the next level. You know, now, you may not like this question, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. There, there's, there's an impression, you know, in the scouting community that a guy like Bryce, with the athletic profile that he's got, with the size and the speed and the way that he tested at the Combine, there's an impression out there that perhaps he didn't play up to that profile, that maybe he underachieved. I mean, what do you, you know, at, at West Virginia, what do you, what do you say to that? Well, here's here's what I would say to that is I think if you look at to me is is, is he a finished product and I would say absolutely not and what what I would defend on on Bryce is this and and I said this to the scouts I said this to all the pro personnel that I talked to is he reminds me of a of a basketball player that comes out and um. He's, he's a long, skinny guy, and he has a, a couple really good traits, and he's able to get by with those traits because he's just bigger than everybody else at lower levels. And then he really doesn't develop his game, whether it's in college or in the NBA, until he has the strength, okay? And, and when strength comes, so does ability to actually utilize your your length and your 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 god-given uh, traits that make you different than everybody else um and so that's the way i would equate him is he's a guy that always looked apart okay from a length standpoint but from a strength um and ability to bend those didn't come till later in his career and i think sometimes when people think of underachievers, you're thinking it's guys that weren't productive. I mean, he was he was highly productive here, and his and his level of production increased every single year. So I think that speaks that he improved. You know, and like I said, I think he's rare because I think the assumption is that you're getting a finished product when you get a, a guy that that stays in college and plays at the power five level for for four or five years. And with Bryce, I think it's the exception because I think there's still a big area of improvement in his game. And so I look at that as a positive, not necessarily as a negative. The other thing, too, is is you look at what he did on special teams. Is He started on our punt team. Um, he started on our kickoff return team. Um, he played a lot on our punt block team. And so I think he's a guy that, that has the ability to be a starter at the NFL on three different special teams. And so I think that that speaks on his ability just to play the game, not just as a receiver. Nice. And we talk we talk a little bit about, you know, about the, the room for growth and the development and all that. But you keep hearing about about the drop rate. I think it was eleven percent or something like that during his during his time with you guys. Um do you can can you explain that and can you look at at you know his traits and and his development and think that that's going to get better? So, yeah, I think it's fair to say when he came to college, he was not a natural ball catcher. Um, and I think too, as he matured through his career, you know, 
tall guy that could really run and this massive potential and future NFL player. I don't think necessarily Bryce saw himself as that as a 17, 18, 19. You know, I think he struggled with, with some confidence issues. I think he struggled with uh, the expectations because of his family legacy here at West Virginia. And I think as he progressed through his career, you know, he started seeing some glimpses. And I, like I said, I think it goes back to that Kansas State uh, huge touchdown he had. He had he had a game against Iowa State as a junior that that was was big. And as a junior, he had a game against Texas where he really made a bunch of plays downfield. And so those things kind of grew his confidence. And his work ethic from his junior to senior year, um, it's like the light bulb came on. And sometimes, you know, you never know exactly when that's going to happen for a player. But his work ethic and his uh, his leadership and those things like uh, were completely different and at a much higher level from his junior to a senior year. Is that and his when drop he, rate decreased? Is that when you think he really began to buy into the idea, you know, that he could be an NFL player? So I think it really started his junior year, and um, you know, in those games I talked about, Iowa State, which was nationally ranked at the time, and Texas, which had a couple future. Uh, NFL DBs on that on that team his junior year, I think he started seeing, hey, I can be productive, and and that confidence led him in really from January all the way through winter, summer, all the way through the season. His work was at a much different level, and his and his drop rate did decrease. Now that's something he's got to continue to work on. He knows that he knows that, and and I thought he caught the ball really well at the combine, and I thought he did a nice job at his individual workout too. So I think he answered some of those questions. So that's something he's got to continue to, to work on and, and show that he can catch the ball at a high percentage. Looking at the athletic profile, looking at, you know, you said he did a good job at the combine and in, in his pro days and all of that. Is there any surprise, you know, from your end that, that nobody took a shot at him on, you know, on day three in the draft and that, and that he wound up, you know, undrafted? Yeah, I was shocked. I really was. Uh, you know, the question marks were there. You know, I think those are fair, but he had such a good uh, combine, and his workout here was really uh, on campus, um, running routes and catching the football was really impressive, and we had almost every team accounted for here. And I thought that he showed the ability to block on the perimeter as a senior, and then his then what he did on special teams. And so um, I was, I was surprised. Um, now I'll say this, I think at the end of the day, it may end up being the best thing to happen for him because I think he's landed in a spot that is going to allow him to develop. And I think it, it, it bodes well for him to have the opportunity to make that football team. Um, and so I think it may have worked out, but I was, I was, I was really surprised, um, that, that he was, that he did not get drafted. Before I, I had one other Giants question, but I wanted to ask you about special teams, um, uh, you guys used him. Did you guys use him as, as a gunner at all on uh, on punt return? So no. Nah, so he for us he was uh, he was part of the core. You know, he's two hundred twenty pounds. Now he can he, he's fast enough to be a gunner. We had a couple other guys that were really fast. We used him as a as a tackle in our punt team, um, and on our punt return team, he he was a block guy. And so, you know, I think that's that was something. I know the Giants really really liked he he showed some physicality on our punt team because he had several tackles he had a really big time play against Pitt in our opener last year on the punt team that that i know uh the giants asked about 
couple different times. He, uh, but I think he can be a guy that can be a, um, like I said, other than than kickoff. I think he'll he's got a chance to play on on the other three core special teams. Interesting. You know, you talk about the Giants in a landing spot. I looked at the way that the Giants invested in him. They gave him, you know, bonus wise, they gave him basically a guaranteed practice squad salary for the year, a little bit of a signing bonus on top of that. Do you think that that the Giants are are looking at 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 Bryce as not necessarily a 2023 investment, but a 2024, 2025, you know, sort of long-term investment? Well, that, that would be something you have to, to ask their personnel department and their coaching staff. Um, that's what it speaks to me as. You know, I think they're they're looking at a guy that I think they're impressed with his football IQ. Um, I think they're impressed with his improvement, just like I've spoken about his improvement as he's gone through his college career. Um, they're obviously intrigued by his size and his speed. And I think they feel like if he'll continue the progression he made through his college career over his first two years in the NFL, and I think they feel like they've got a steal, and they want to make sure that they have him locked up as a, and he's doing his development as a giant. Nice. Coach, is there, is there anything else, you know, that, that, uh, that we should know about, about Bryce, anything we, we really haven't talked about? No, I, I think that, that when people, when you talk about him, I think it's, uh, you know, his, 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 you don't see that at the college level is guys that, that make really incremental improvement throughout their career. And I think that, that speaks to him. He's a guy that, that, uh, that really embraced uh, work later in his career. And he's a guy that, that grew into really a team team player. And he's going to be a guy that's humble uh, and hungry. And I think it's going to be a real real success story for a guy that's undrafted and somebody that the Giants believe in and invest in. And I think it's going to pay off for both parties. Nice. Coach, I appreciate the time. Thank you very, very much. And uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to uh, – to talk to Bryce, you know, myself here once we get to, to mini camp and training camp. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate you having right. me on. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. And that's the show for today, Giants fans. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our thanks to West Virginia coach Noah Brown for his uh, for his time and for his insights about, uh, about Bryce Ford Wheaton. And uh, as always... You know, thank you for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.